Win Daily family, how's it going? We're going to try this intro one more time with me running point instead of Andrew Erickson, my co-host today. Uh, we're doing today's podcast for Wednesday, February 12th, but we are recording this on the 11th. It's a beautiful day in San Diego. Andrew, say hello to the crowd and give me props on my intro. Yeah, no, it, it rained today in, in Boston, so I was very sad. But um, I'm glad that you had a, a wonderful day in San Diego, and I, and I love that intro for sure. Oh, oh we're crushing the game today. Um, so, yeah, Andrew, let's uh, let's start off. XFL Week 1, give us a, a, a brief rundown of your thoughts, and then I'll give my two cents because I know XFL is going to be you and uh, – and Nick Bresowicz's uh, baby, um, but I'll have you run point and let us know how it went. Yeah, so end. it was a lot of, it was actually probably one of the most fun weeks I had leading up to a slate on DFS. It was really fun doing a lot of the research about, you know, a lot of these, you know, cast off players that, you know, whether they, I mean, I, I researched a guy who played in Europe. Uh, he played in, I didn't even know they had like NFL or football, American football in Europe, but you know, there was a guy that played on the Vipers, uh, Reese uh, was one yeah. of those guys, but um. Yeah, it was just really fun. It was a fun slate. Uh, I, I honestly didn't, you know, do that very do very well. I mm-hmm. ultimately it was the running backs that kind of killed me overall. Um, I, I played a lot more running backs than I probably should have had. Um, mm. But I think that's important to note. You know, with DraftKings setup, is you only have to play one running back. And um, and I know that Nick had a really profitable week. Uh, shout out to him. You know, get crushing a, a tournament. Uh, I know that he took home like five k. Um, and it's interesting because it actually brings me to my, my point I wanted to make here about um, one of the players and uh, and Sammy Coates. So, guys. If you, that guy, first of all. <laughs> Sammy Coates. Um, so, Sammy Coates, if you are part of the Win Daily family, you know, in the Discord chat. So, Nick has set up a really great tool for us to kind of use for XFL research. And I just wanted to share a little tidbit. Um, I'm not sure if you looked at it, looked at it, Hobby, but... I just love the way that he describes Sammy Coates. So these are some of his notes. So you have trash, big body, terrible hands, sloppy route runner, week one chalk, cost me 100K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those uh, sounds like great notes to me. I mean, that's Sammy Coates uh, in a nutshell. But the last thing he says is, I wouldn't quit him yet, though. And I think that is something that... Uh, we'll get a little more into. Yeah. But yeah, I think that overall was a fun slate. And I think that now that we have some information to work off of, I think that we can build lineups with a little bit more confidence uh, this week. Yeah, I um, so for me, it went, um, I was on Sunday, I was winning. I, I max entered both days. I had one main lineup Saturday that got smoked. Um, I should have listened to you. I asked you about uh, the receiver. I think it was Harris maybe or Coates. And I went with Coates. Oh, it was and it Lewis. Me, or Lewis, sorry. So if I w- would have gone with Lewis, um, I would have won all the money. Um, not all of it, but I would have won a, a good chunk. Um, and for going Coates, it, it cost me. And then on Sunday in multi-entering, I did 150 lineups because I figured, hey, I can get lucky in one of these lineups. So I had my little method, which I'll do a video on uh, in the future about how to do 150 lineups via Excel. And... I was winning um, with five others, so no, six others. So I was about 16k. I was winning um, in first place at halftime, and yeah, um, 
basically I, I it was all up to Curtis artist or Cameron artist Payne, who, you know, of course he failed us. So he did nothing the second half. They pretty much gave it to Dunbar, who's a former cowboy. And yeah, I did not win uh, the 16K, unfortunately, with four others. So it was kind of sad. But at the same time, it was uh, it was interesting to see. And you hit the nail on the coffin with uh, or the nail on the head with that. Um, running backs are going to be interesting for XFL. I think it's just going to be wide receiver focus and, you know, find that. I can't remember his name now. The Seattle uh, wide receiver, Prol, right? Prowl, Prol, whatever his name is. Yeah, it was Prowl. That guy a lot. Yeah, seems was, like he was a favorite. Yeah, it was Prowl that went off, and it was uh, Spruce. Nelson Spruce, Spruce yeah. on the Wildcats who had like 16 targets. Just like crazy, yeah. crazy, uh, crazy target share for him uh, with like 11 catches. And he like had like 100 yards like in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the one thing I'll, I'll note about running back is, and this goes back to the depth charts too. So mm-hmm. for the most part, the depth charts were pretty accurate. I know that a lot of things were kind of like misguided. You know, some players were priced really high and then they weren't on the depth chart or vice versa. But, you know, the depth charts that the teams put out were pretty accurate in terms of, I, I will say, with the receiver position. Um, the receivers that were listed as the starters saw the most snaps, saw the most targets for the most part. There was a couple, like, here and there where, like, you know, there's a little bit of interchange. But, like, one of the Vipers receivers, I think, it was Shontavious Jones. He was the highest-priced receiver, and he was second on the depth chart, and he did not play. Like, he mm-hmm. was, like, absent. So I, I would say, like, Look at the depth charts again and make sure that you are kind of on par with what they have. Um, and as for running back with the depth chart, the thing that I've noticed was, honestly, it was literally like the second running back did better in almost every scenario. And a lot of that was because the second running back had better pass catching chops. And yeah. I think that's kind of our target. I think it's got to be the target here is like, what running back can I, you know, project for the most passing game usage? I think mm-hmm. that is probably going to be the best, safest way to project a higher outcome for some of these guys. Because, like, really, none of these teams can really run the ball. A lot of them struggled in the red zone. So it's like they're, they're not score. I don't know if we're going to have a scenario where, like, we see running backs are good in NFL because they have touchdown equity. But I don't mm-hmm. know if the same is in the XFL, at least, you know, after week one. And kind of what I've seen is, like, you need running backs to catch passes. Like, that's more important. As in NFL, it's more of, like, a bonus. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of reversed a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you. It's it's very interesting, and the the takes you're 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 making are uh, are hitting the the nail in the coffin pretty much. So um, let's that's week one. You heard it from Andrew Erickson, the pro, and he's going to uh, crush week two. So speaking of week two, what is the strategy for week two? Do do we chase targets for wide receivers and fade running backs overall, or are we going a different route? Yeah, I think I mean, yeah, I mean, running backs did not really pan out last week, and it was definitely the receiver position that you know really was the most important. I think that you play, you know, Philip Walker uh, with June Jones, and you try to st- and you try to figure out okay, which receivers do I stack him with? Uh, so whether it's Cleo Lewis, Sammy Coates, Cam Phillips, I think that you need to kind of find a, w- a scenario where you're kind of playing a lot of guys. But again, I think it's a matter of. I think this is really where, you know, playing the most optimal lineups obviously goes with following targets. And, I mean, it's really not hard to fit in, you know, a lot of these guys with the salary because there really isn't really salary restrictions. Like, you can kind of play whoever you want for the most part. So I would say, you know, playing or looking at guys that are coming back from injuries. So I think that's a big part of week two. So you have Josh Johnson is going to return for for your Wildcats uh, hobby. Um, You have... (laughs) Like crap! (laughs) 
you have Landry Jones, who's probably going to return for the Dallas Renegades at quarterback after they their offense basically stunk with Philip Nelson, who I guess is an underwear model, you know, <laughs> which is <laughs> bizarre to me. But he he could not push the ball down the field at all. Which in the air raid offense under with Bob Stoops, that's exactly what Landry Jones can do. So. Mm-hmm. I would say injuries is the number one thing to look at with some of these teams that are literally getting their starting quarterbacks back. So I think that's some kind of untapped potential that you can use. And then the other thing that I think is really important as well is obviously looking at the running back position for guys that catch passes, but like not necessarily chasing those targets, but look at the games and try to figure out, okay, what team is going to be losing? And then what team is they're gonna th- are they going to throw to their running back? So this kind of involves some, some of that game theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thinking about, okay, what team's going to be trailing and he's going to have to throw a lot. Um, so I think those are a couple ways I'm looking at it as opposed to, hey, hey, notice and Spruce got the most targets, throw them in. You know, just kind of following that targets. I think that might work in a cash game format, which I know Nick is going to do a write-up about, about cash games. Um, but I think if you're going to take that a term, I think you can't just follow all the targets. I think you got to think outside a little bit. Okay. Well, that's a good take. I, I don't need to uh, kind of dive into that. For, from my experience, again, I'm more of a, a pro in NFL and the XFL. I watched the games. I didn't watch them as much. I watched my uh, LA Wildcats, which I was trying to, I kind of rudely interrupted you and said they're crap because they were crap. <laughs> but also Josh Johnson wasn't in. So uh, I liked what I saw in San Diego and the AAF with him. And I think he was the best quarterback in the league. Um, I think he's got some some competition here with PJ Walker and uh, Cardell Jones, um, but really we'll we'll see what happens. So I guess moving on, what are your early thoughts for week two, Andrew? Yeah, so for week two, um, I like get some value at some of these receiver spots. Uh, so two guys to kind of point out. So Jalen Tolliver for the Vipers. Um, so he was second on the team with targets last week. He had eight targets for, and he had a forty-four yard reception. So he was like. He was used as a deep target. He was used in the red zone, and he saw a 24% target market share, and his DraftKings price is sub-4K. Um, so he's a guy who's really cheap, and it's like he's getting a ton of targets, and the same thing goes for Joe Horn, um, who is actually the son of the Joe Horn from the, the Saints. Um, so he is also really cheap, 3400 um, and he's a guy who saw a 20-plus percent target market share, um, from Matt McGloin um, for the New York Guardians. So yeah. I think that those are two like lower-end receivers that you can get that people may just kind of overlook. Um, but I think it's really about hitting on the big receiver, so whoever that be. And then obviously like whether you're going to fade Sammy Coates or not, I think – I mean his ownership is going to have to be – because his price is still pretty high. Uh, they mm. didn't move it at all. And it's like – I mean I saw him like 90% owned. Like ninety yeah. plus percent owned. Yeah, so, he was the cash game play of the week. So yeah, so it'll be interesting how his ownership, you know, fluctuates because yeah, he you know sucked and but he did have a lot of targets and he just had a lot of drops, which unfortunately like that's kind of his thing. <laughs> is that's the, and then of course you know as I'm watching the game, I'm like thinking to myself like this is why he's not in the NFL anymore because he kept dropping the freaking ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, he was a trash can. I, I saw a few get. A little bit of him, and I was just like, what are you doing, man? What's going on here? Um, but anyway, let us uh, I agree with you. I think Tolliver's a good play. I think um, Austin Prowl, he'll, he'll be um, super high-owned, in my opinion. I was shocked that Tampa Bay got worked. But I think, again, it was the first game on the road, and 
Uh, Murray was not very impressive at all, but I think it's he's he's due for a bounce back. He is unfortunately traveling to Seattle this week, so it's my dragons. Yeah, your dragons who did not look good either. Unfortunately, hey, no. Hey, they okay. So of the <laughs> they look better that, than LA. LA looked like the worst team in my opinion. Of the so. teams that lost, they were, in my opinion, they were the best team that lost. And yeah. if it weren't for two turnovers, they had two defensive. They had a special teams touchdown scored against them, and they had a pick six. Yeah, so if yeah. those turn around, they it would have been a tie game. So the, yeah. uh, I would just say that one thing. And, and all right, all right, all right. Excuses, excuses. That's all I hear. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I, I guess that's the early look. Um, from my end, again, um, you know, I, I haven't. I've I dove into this a little bit more more than last week, and from what I see. Um, I'm going to be do, just doing focusing on those that had saw the most target share. So someone like Tolliver, he's he's a lock pretty much. And on FanDuel, because that's mainly what I play on. I mean, I play on both sides. He's $16 for your $100 salary. You know, Prowl jumped up to $20. I think I'm going to go, um, you know, the $16 route. I know Tolliver's on Tampa and Prowl's on Seattle. But I think I'm going to go the Tampa route with that instead of Dan Williams, who's priced the most. Um I did like what I see, saw with Rashad Ross and Eli Rogers. I think that those are good targets as well, especially Eli Rogers. Uh, I, I like them in, in Pittsburgh as well. So I think those are the receivers I'm going at. And then from the running back standpoint, and you can chime in after, uh, Presley was a bust. He was a huge bust for DC, even though they whooped up on LA. Um, so, I mean, it's it's interesting to see, see what's going to happen this week. I like what I saw with Devion Smith. Um, he is going against Seattle. I think he's he's due for a bounce back as well. I think, you know, ownership's going to be lower on these guys this week. So going Presley and going Smith, even though they're priced at the highest at seventeen dollars, I don't think it's a mistake. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on running back? Yeah, with with, with Presley specifically, I mean, Presley still saw like fifteen touches. Like, I mean, that's I mean, twelve carries. I mean, he only had thirty yards, which is obviously not good. But he had mm. three targets in the passing game, so. I mean, I mean, if they're, I don't really see DC necessarily trailing by a lot of points, so I don't know mm-hmm. if Donnell Pumphrey is gonna like really, really see tons of involvement. But I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, it's just you just need a running back to like score a touchdown. I think that honestly, like, because that's what none of the starting, I don't think any starting running back scored a touchdown, um, and that's kind of ultimately what made them all score less than ten fantasy points. So if you find the running back that I would say, look at the, you know, look at those lines. I mean, Vegas was pretty good last week you know with some of these under overs um mm-hmm. and and try to look at see okay which team is favored to win by the most points and they're running back and, and kind of look at that as a guy hey he's gonna score a couple touchdowns so i think that that might be one um one way to look at it there um yep. but yeah i would say for running back and, and also too one thing also and this is another guy uh so james butler so he's on the what team is he on? Houston. Okay. Houston. Houston, right. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was talking about. So, Houston has a really high-powered offense, um, and James Butler was the guy who saw the red zone usage and was the clear number one running back um, versus Andre Williams, who is, like, literally just absolute dust at this point. Like, that guy just can't do anything. He had, like, negative two rushing yards. He was, he was terrible. But <laughs> Butler offers more in the passing game, and he also returns kicks. So, I mean, the kick return thing, I mean, I saw a couple returns where, like, it looked like guys had the chance to go the distance. And I think that that's something that's maybe overlooked, but like, Hey, if you can get a guy who's going to get more touches in the kicking game, 
you, that's another reason to roster him. Maybe it's as something to check for, hey, I'm not sure if I should start this guy or not. Oh, he's the kick returner and the punt returner? Hey, that's a bonus that you can get. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So um, I guess for week two, we, we can do this real quick. And you tell me what, what you tell – well, you tell me what you think of this lineup. So I'm just playing around. I'm doing the, the four-game slate, of course. So uh, w- would you say at quarterback, because that's the one position we really haven't touched on. I mean, we did say Cardell Jones and Philip Walker. Can we trust Aaron Murray? Do you think he's a good play against Seattle this week? I don't think so. No, because like they, for I mean, he they move the ball pretty well against um, in their game. But the thing that was bad with Murray was he kept turning the ball over, and then they started using the backup more. They used Quinn yeah, Flowers, Flowers. Um, yep. who actually, like, it was crazy. Like, the minute that he came in, Devion Smith just started ripping off, like, eight-yard runs, like, oh, every yeah. single time. And it was just, like, just by having him in the game, it's just slowing down the defense because they're like, oh, is he going to take it and run with it? Um, so I have to imagine, like, <clears> after the Vipers, you know, really basically put up an egg, that they're going to try to see more of Quentin Flowers. I think that obviously yeah. limits the upside um, mm-hmm. for Aaron Murray, who I guess, like, when you know, when you look at his, like, total resume, like, I mean, he's a fifth-round pick. Like, he was good in college, but, like, I mean, a lot of these other guys, like, have better, you know, college pedi- – or not not necessarily college pedigrees, but, like, you know, just better NFL pedigrees. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not really on Murray. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I was just testing you. You passed. Um, so <laughs> I mean, I, faced I, my I, dragons, I, too. Like, he just got shot. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> if Landry Jones plays, uh, he's interesting to me. I think if, uh, you know, Dallas had their, their backup in, he looked awful. They had no offense going. Uh, Landry Jones, if he plays for Dallas, I think he's a lock against LA. LA's defense did not look good at all. Um, I'm glad that I chose a team that looked the worst this weekend. That's great. Uh, it looks like Josh Johnson's probably going to be out, so be on the lookout for that. If Josh Johnson plays, I don't mind him either. He's priced down as well for me, but I think he's going to be out. Um, for me, it's going to be PJ Walker or Philip Walker, then Cardell Jones, and then Landry Jones as my as my guys. I know Jordan. Ta, ta, ma, uh, no, whatever his name is. Yeah, Tamu, whatever. He's, I guess he's Hawaiian, right? Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he looked good too, but I don't think I want to target against Houston. So I think I'm going to keep it to, to Walker, Jones, and Landry Jones. And then if Josh Johnson plays, he'll be a, a you know a deep GPP punt for me. So uh, that being said, you tell me what you think of this this team, all right? I got on FanDuel, Devion Smith at, at running back. And then I got Jalen Tolliver, Eli Rogers, Spruce. So far, so good? Yeah. And then uh, at quarterback, I'm going to do uh, P.J. Walker most likely. And then we'll let, we'll, let the, we'll let everybody else fill in the lineup. But what do you think of that lineup so far as a starting basis? I like it. I'm just interested to see who you end up stacking with, uh, with Walker. Uh, yeah. I mean, we want to stack. I mean, something you could do is go instead of Walker, go Car- Cardale Jones. And then you have Spruce and Cardale Jones. And he's actually less expensive, so – um, not by much, but it, it works out. He's two dollars less, so we can go Jones or you can go PJ Walker. Um, and then if if anything, you can just switch out Eli Rogers and go um, Cardale Jones stack, or sorry, not Cardale Jones, PJ Walker stack with whoever you think. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on for the XFL before yeah, we move on? I to- would just say I would say look at the depth charts again because I think that. There might be updates because I think a lot of the teams like release the depth charts for, like per week. Like this mm-hmm. is our our depth chart for week two, or, or you know so on and so forth. So I think that 
you know, keep an eye out on those and keep an eye on some of the guys that missed last week. You know, I think the yep. injuries are going to be a big factor. Um, I know a guy that was really big that we, I think we talked about last week that actually didn't play was uh, like Trey McBride. Um, he yep. missed uh, for the Wildcats last week. So he's really cheap. And if he plays, he's going to be a starter. So yep. um, he's someone that potentially you could stack with the Josh Johnson if he ends up playing. So uh, keep yeah. an eye on the injuries as we do in the NFL and keep an eye out for more articles on the website. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we're going to touch briefly on golf. But before we do that, we're actually going to take – I'm going to throw a curveball at you. And I know this is not on our outline for our podcast because you and I are very structured. <laughs> and we like to go by the outline. But MLB and the playoffs, right? What did you think of that recent proposal? For me, I actually love it. Given how long baseball is um, – and just a, a side note for everybody, in case you don't know, MLB's discussing a – I don't know the exact number, but discussing expanding the amount of uh, teams that make the playoffs. I think it's 14, they said. And really what it boils down to is that, um, you know, that's they're just adding more teams in the playoffs. And basically the best team in each league will have a first round bye. which for me, a lot of people are ripping it apart and like, oh, it's, you know, it defeats the purpose. You're letting mediocre teams in. For me, the baseball season is so long that you should reward multiple teams and more teams. So that's how I feel on this, and I will be more than happy to defend it and fight against it. Because you look at basketball and hockey, those are shorter seasons, and you have a lot of playoff teams for each. You have eight from each conference. I mean, it's a lot. Um, I think hockey is a little less. But still, that's that's a ton, and, a, and they play you know less games, and baseball plays double the amount. So that's what I feel. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, so I guess just one question about it. So I'm not, I'm not super I, – I just heard about this as well. Um, so the way that the playoffs are set up, is it like there are just one game playoffs and then three games? Like how many, like, are they all? I, like- didn't, read in, I didn't read into it totally uh, about it. I just saw that they're expanding the playoffs and people ripping it apart. Trevor Bauer was upset or whatever it was. Um, for me, I, I think it was that bad. I think expanding, even if it's a one game playoff, it's fine. Um you know, it's it's a playoff expansion, and given 162 games, that's a shit ton of games. Oh, excuse me, cut that out. That's a crap <laughs> ton of games. Um, but for me, you know, it's it's potentially starting in 2022, and really, uh, the team with the best record in each league would receive a bye to avoid the wild card run. So they automatically go directly to the division series, and then the two other division winners and the wild card with the next best record would each host all three games in a best of three wild card round. I love it. I don't know about you. I love it. So the yeah. bottom three wild cards have no first round home games at all, and it works out in there. So I, I mean, for me, it's great. The thing that people are also ripping it apart is they're saying like the division winner with the second best record would get first pick of its opponent from the lower three wild cards. So they pick their opponent. That piece I probably don't agree with, but expanding it to more playoff teams, sign me up. More playoff baseball. Yeah, I, no, I think I like that. I think that I think that baseball. I think they're kind of realizing, hey, like this is like getting dry. Like baseball is like you know not you know football is definitely the mo- becoming the most popular sport you know in America with basketball, and it's like you have baseball. It just keeps dragging out. It's just on, and it's like why why do I need to watch games in June or July if it doesn't matter till the playoffs? So it's like hey, like we're adding more playoffs, aka. We're adding more games that actually matter. Like yeah. I'm gonna more likely to watch playoff baseball because I know that the intensity's turned way up, and now mm-hmm. everyone that's in it is like, "Hey, we have a chance." Like, yeah. if you're a fan watching your team that's the 14th seed, like every other year you're like, "Oh, I don't even care," but it's like, "Hey, 
they got a shot. They're in it. Like, they're in the dance. Like, let's make it happen. Why do you think, I mean, March Madness is super popular because there are so many teams. He's like, hey, my team made it. Like, yeah. I'm going to watch. Like, I mean, they're obviously, it's like long shots and stuff like that. But it's like, mm-hmm. hey, anything that, and also strategy-wise, it's like, it's like, hey, so like, how do you kind of figure out, okay, like, do we play our ace in this game or do we wait for, you know, this next series? Like, I think it adds another element of strategy um, that coaches will have to go through, you know, looking at like pitching and management. So I think that, I think it adds a cool little wrinkle to it. I think I'm all, you know, with the XFL and, you know, this student does, I think people are trying to figure out how can we make these games better? Like, we don't need to just keep doing the exact same thing. Like, let's look at the numbers and see, like, just make it more fun. Like, this is entertainment. Like, let's just make it entertaining. Make baseball great, great again. Um, <laughs> that's my one. Uh, yeah, I agree. Let's let's briefly touch on this. I know we're going to make this shorter for you guys to listen to today. Um, I just want to touch base on on PGA. Um, it wasn't as good of a week for me. I'll, I'll be um, brutally honest with you all. Um, so so really, what it boils down to is we have the Genesis Invitational. It's another West Coast tournament. I believe it's in LA. And really, I just want to touch on a few core guys. So for me. Uh, there's three golfers that I'm going to lock into for PGA. You know, I talked about last week course history as one of my factors when looking at PGA, and last week it came in clutch. But I didn't listen to my own advice. Phil Mickelson and Jason Day had previous success at um, Pebble Beach, and I, I avoided them. Jason Day, it was only his second tournament since his back surgery. He said he was sore after his first tournament. It scared me. Phil Mickelson, he looks old. I mean, he's a great golfer. But I thought, you know, he's he's pretty much washed up, and I was wrong. So that's a, that's why I didn't do that. So I'm going to put a little bit more emphasis, emphasis on course history this time. And somebody that I really like is is Charles Howell. He's going to be a lock for me. Um, he's got two top 15 finishes in the last three years here. And he hasn't – even though he hasn't played in three weeks, so you have that rust factor, he's made five straight cuts since October. So I like Charles Howell. He's underpriced. He's 7,500 on DraftKings, which DraftKings is all I'm doing. So I like him a lot. Um, someone we've been talking about, and uh, you know, I was talking with with Nick, who goes by DFS Ghost at Win Daily Sports, is Cockrack. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, um, but he checks all the boxes. He's seventh in driving distance. He's made five out of five cuts here. He's got three top twenty-five finishes here, um, and he's underpriced as well. So I, I like him a lot. And the last guy I like is Alexander Noren. So Alexander Noren, somebody that uh, I do like as well. He is uh, priced down pretty much for the most part, um, and the guy's a great golfer. He keeps making cuts left and right. Um, he's priced down. He's a very consistent golfer. Um, I think he'll go overlooked and underowned. And I think he's got he's got decent course history here. I think he's got one where he did okay, but the guy's on fire and he's priced down in the low seven thousand. So lock him up. Those are probably the three guys that I'm going to be locking out and then just filling in with. Uh, you know, the big hitters like Bubba Watson, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas. So I'm going to have a, a bunch of them in my lineups. And I'm going to just plug and play. I'm doing about five to ten lineups on DraftKings. I haven't decided yet. But that's uh, that's what I'm locking in. Um, Andrew, is there anything you want to add to PGA? Or are we good? Yeah, so just one thing on PGA. So the, it's the Genesis. So is that after the Sega Genesis, I'm assuming? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> Sega Genesis was, was badass. Hey, man, yeah. we got... We got the Sonic movie coming out this week. Sega Genesis? Like, come on. It's maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's great timing. So um, that's good. Uh, I, I think, uh, Andrew, was there anything else you wanted to tell our listeners? Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. And my content's all around Win Daily Sports. So get in and, and get this XFL data. Get the golf going. Get some MLB. Get it all going.
Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for baseball. I mean, we're um, we're about to get started on baseball soon. The Padres, which is my team here in San Diego, season ticket holder, uh, new fan actually as of a few years ago. I'll get into that in the next podcast on why. Um, they are uh, already reported to, you know, the pitchers and catchers already reported last week. So I'm excited. It's like a holiday for me because I love baseball. It's one of my favorite sports to watch besides hockey, even though I'm a Florida boy. Um, but you can find me at Javi Win Daily. Uh, I just changed my Twitter name. It's easier to follow. Javi is spelled with a J, not with an H. If you spell with an H, don't add me. You can't find me. But um, you can also find me on Win Daily. I'm on the Discord chat all the time, and I'm uh, always helping out people there. So if you have any questions, reach out to Andrew or I, and uh, that's it. Have a good night.